I know our business is suffering right now, this business we love. Mm. Hella, hella COVID everywhere. But I just want to start because it's the time of appreciation. So I just want to mention, I don't know if any of you saw it this morning. I saw a video. It was um, just from a, a, an event in Japan where Funaki comes out and gets a huge pop. And it was just so wholesome because he was cruiserweight champion at the time. And I don't think he was really being like super utilized because he was cruiserweight champion. And just the pop for him in his face, he just looked so happy. And I was like, man, you know, he wasn't a top guy, but, but everyone remembers Funaki. Listen, let me, just t- let me just say something. There was a point in time where Funaki came out and I think he got his ass whooped by Brock Lesnar. But I will never forget my man had on some Jordan 12s. And I was like, <laughs> yo, Funaki got the 12s on, bro. Stop playing. That's SmackDown number one announcer right there. All right? Indeed. Okay? That man brought us happiness. Yeah, people always remember him. I mean, he wasn't like a memorable guy, but watching that video of him getting a huge pop in Japan and like pop like when he came out, pop when he got in the ring, like I was like, oh, this is so it. nice and wholesome. He and all the it. comments were like, this makes me happy. <laughs> like I'm going was- to need you to link that to me if you find that again. Yeah, I'm I'm I can definitely go back and me. find it. I uh, otherwise, uh, how's everyone doing? Top notch, baby. Right. Wonderful. <laughs> happy to be back with the boys. I am not happy about this uh, potential Tony Storm release. Oh, I'm thrilled, man. That's real, right? Oh, it's yeah, real? No, I think that's, yeah, that's... 100%. You gotta nah. be thrilled these days, because that means they get to actually live their life. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm happy that this Cody... Asked for it. Yeah, I actually read that she asked for the release and uh, flew herself home, so... Guys, it's all good. Veer's still coming to Raw, so... You know, <laughs> Yo, they said fine. send Veer, and I said you cannot do that. Like, make all the jokes you want, but don't even start. <laughs> hey, man, shout out to Tony App- Applebottom Storm, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bleep that. Um, think, oh, is that she again? Juice? again? Juice? Juice? Juice. Yeah, good for him. God bless him. You mean CJ Parker? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a glow up. Uh, I'm not happy about this Cody championship, but whatever. Fuck Cody Rhodes. I think that they got to be laying into the whole hatred thing because that's, I can't Here's believe it. Here's my thing. It. And like, I know that's what everyone says. And like, I've seen on Twitter, it's like, no, they want you to hate him. They want you to hate him. But my thing is like, I don't think, I think it's almost at a point where like people are just actually tired of him. Like there is a select group that like just wants him to be heel and be cool. But there's a lot of people that just really don't like him and like don't want to see him on TV. And my issue is that they wasted Sammy's title like his entire reign, like which could have been way better, and they wasted it, and they gave it to Cody, and like Cody could have done anything else, but just it just doesn't sit right that he just kind of killed this this whole title reign for a young star for his own heel turn. I don't know, just does not sit right. I'm a cu- I'm a cut your young ass Let's off right it. there. All right, I it didn't sit well with me in the beginning. After really like processing it and thinking about it, I'm not mad about it in like the way of like Miz winning the championship I see it as like he just he's just gonna do it and people are gonna be pissed and people are gonna watch it's like you're gonna be mad because what it's not like he's not like that boo where like you come out and like people are just quiet they don't want like or anything like that it's like you hate this man you're gonna tell this man how much you hate this man you're going to give him all of that energy to know how much you hate him like he is, his heat is nuclear. Like it's go away heat for me. It is go away. 
No, it's it's absolutely go away heat. But see, go away heat in like I I feel that go away heat in WWE is like so different than go away heat in AEW because like it's here. I look at it this way: people like Roman had go away heat where we just didn't want him on there. Like they were still pushing him. We didn't want him on there. You know, it's it was whatever. I feel like, and and that didn't change the character. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this could play out to Cody being on some like, you know, there's options as far as where to go. Like WWE's gonna push you to the moon regardless of if we want it or not. Like, they, like as a baby face. But that whole thing with Roman that that wasn't what they wanted. You know, they were trying to actually make like that heat was because. It wasn't working. This no, heat is absolutely. just because, like, it's fucking Cody and we're sick of it. What I also thought is, like, so they keep leaning in to him doing a Triple H type deal and, like, the Reign of Terror. People hated Reign of Terror. Not because it was good heel. It was, like, they fu- like, We look back at that and it's one of the worst times in wrestling. Like, it was an awful, like, the main events were fucking ruined. Championships were squat, like, you know. And I'm like, why would you intentionally... I mean, I get it for character purposes, but it's also just, like... I trust AEW enough to think they could they could pull it out and make me, you know, not be completely, you know, disheartened by it. But it's very risky to like try to recreate such a terrible like yeah. character. Well, th- there's one word. There's only one. There's one thing that sums up the reign of terror, and it is something that I will never get over. I will never forgive, and I will never ever forget. And that is Booker T. Yeah, that, that was fucked was one of if not the top five most pointless and stupidest decisions ever in my opinion that WWE has ever done in life I will never yep. get over that that was that reign of terror was awful but my, uh, I don't know I trust AEW that they know what they're doing in regards to this Cody situation like my uh I think see how it plays out my thought, uh, in terms of business, I think at least was that they did it because they're moving networks, right? Isn't the next the first show on TBS is like uh, next week? Next week, yeah. So I'm wondering if it's just like, oh, let's throw it on Cody, like get people to watch the first. But I mean, my only hope is that like a newbie will just come swipe well, it from him. Hook slapped him after Rampage went off air. Oh, word. They wouldn't that would, do that, would they? Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> is that next week? No, nah, it's not that. It's next time they're in North Carolina, so it's got to be like, I don't know when. Um, So I want to see if they like, maybe Battle of the Belt. Yeah, I hope they like uh, promote it more and it actually makes TV. Um, Because it was crazy. I mean, the crowd was so mad. So Tony came out and was like, you know, send Hook out here. And Hook came out and just kind of, Cody shook his hand and then he just slapped the shit out of him. So Send Hook. Yeah, I'm already, Always send Hook. I'm already a little more invested in the, in the Cody Rhodes reign because like Sammy Guevara's reign, like it was mostly like open challenges and, and it was mostly opponents that like just got released and like now they're coming to AEW and all that kind of stuff. I want the title reign to mean something. Yeah, exactly. I don't want open challenges. I want, okay. I took the belt off this guy, maybe a rematch program with him. Sure. But then as soon as that, like new Japan, that title gets that title changes or someone retains, somebody's coming out like, yo, yeah, it's me. We in there. We're gonna do some stuff up until we lock we you know, we lock up. Like, that's what I want. Not a million rematches, nothing. Like, I just want a nice story to build. Like 
Brian and Paige has a great story behind it from the beginning. I want that, like, that's what I want. I don't want open challenges. I want titles to mean something. I want them to have stories. I want them to have a meaning. Like, that's all, that's all I want. I don't think I'm asking for much. It's all right to throw in an open challenge every now and then, but, um, yeah, I think the only substance, only thing that really, like, um, kind of gives me, like, hope and trust to AW is that I read something that Cody said that, like, they're going to try something that's, like, never been done before. Or something along those lines that like they're gonna try something really different. So that kind of that's like the only part of me that's okay with this. Just hope uh, I'm not disappointed. I think the only time it worked, at least like for me, like the open challenges was uh, when John Cena was doing it when he's United States champion. Like every match was a banger. To be honest, week Big after that's John. Yeah. Respect to the man. Yeah. Fuck. Doctor of Thugonomics right there. Like, but it fit his character, you know, like exactly. Take on all say, challengers. It, it makes sense with you want who some? he is and how much he's done to get some. Period. I just don't get how the title is gonna work. I mean, are they gonna change it to the TBS title? Well, Rampage is still gonna be on TNT, right? Yeah, so maybe they'll keep it keep it like exclusive to Rampage. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. I mean but I don't know what they would do in terms of like if they get a like a Big name challenger for the title, and they only keep it on the the pre taped show. I don't imagine that it'll be only on Rampage because aren't TBS and TNT like the kind of the same like oh, yeah, thing, right? Same, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that would just make yeah. Yeah, so. they're definitely in bed together. <laughs> you be doing things. They cut it up. Doing things. You wanna? Yeah. You know. You wanna get into this match? You wanna get into match already? Yeah. Oh, I'm just asking, baby. Yeah, I mean, sure, we can we can talk about the match. You guys want to talk about the match? You guys all watch the match? Yes, sir. Oh. Let's talk about it. It was a not short little number. Well, why don't you go ahead and remind our beautiful viewers what our homework was? All right, we'll get into it. So I made you guys last week watch a match. This match came from the nice but big but small promotion of Chikara, a um, promotion based out of the Northeast. I think I don't know if they've done anything outside the Northeast. But um, <clears throat> this was at the King of Trios event in 2009. This was not a match scheduled for their normal tournament, as well as an offshoot of wrestlers in the match. It involved Kota Bushi versus El Generico versus Nick Jackson and Jigsaw, ND legend and Jigsaw. I will start with you, Slim. What did you think of the match? Kota Ibushi, El Generico, one of the best sequences ever. If you type in on YouTube, best wrestling sequence, that's one of the first, like, three videos. That, there was just a, a, the crowd was hot. It was just such a great, great match. It was so much fun. I loved the Jakara, like, just the vibe of it. It was it was so great and like I didn't watch entirely too much Chikara like I would wa- I watched like you know the stuff the young bucks were in I watched a lot of like the Brody stuff there you know mock stuff like ran- I've always seen like I I was never like up to date with Chikara but I've seen like a lot a lot of random stuff and like it was when when I was hanging out with Will earlier he's like yeah he's like I really watched a lot of Chikara like only like stuff with you like I'd like it was just like you know I would just try to you know catch what I could catch and. You just feel the energy in a small place like that. Seeing Nick Jackson standing on his own and Jigsaw was awesome. And just Kota Ibushi and El Generico, my God. 
that uh, the the false finishes, you know, and like it's crazy because the match is like fifteen minutes. I don't even. It was quite a while before the, even the first pinfall happened. It it was great, and the finish, the way that Coda hit that Phoenix Splash. Oh my god. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it happened like <laughs> I just loved it. I love that match so much. So 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 much. Code. What were your thoughts? Hola. It was dope. Uh like looking at Kota Ibushi now like and then watching one this match like man hasn't missed a beat, especially like bulking up, moving up to heavyweight. And uh it's great to see El Generico in action as always. I love El Generico. I would definitely love to see a Sami Zayn versus Kota Ibushi like match down the line. That especially like they're so like mastered in their craft these days. <clears throat> it was a great match. And Ole. Great match. I think one of my favorite spots was uh by Jigsaw. He does a double stomp into like a like a Rana. Dope. Best symbol saying that fucking finish, the Phoenix Splash. Ugh. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, baby. Baby Doe, what were your thoughts? Uh, again, I never, I never really watched Takara. Um, it was great. It was we a know. lot of fun. It was we really fast-paced. Um, seeing uh, Matt Jackson on his own, great. I mean, it's just kind of... I mean, Nick. Nick. You say Nick? Nick? Jackson. Oh, I thought it was... Okay. Yeah, Apologies. Um, no worries. But seeing them... Uh, Seeing him like you know be on his own, and also just realizing that it's been since 2009, and all four of these guys. I mean, I don't really know much about Jigsaw, but the other three have been like just so good for so long. It's just kind of nutty. Um, they all. I mean, the finish with the Phoenix Splash was great. Uh, every time Generico went to the top rope, teasing that, and also the fact that the finishes didn't start till so late. The false finishes did get me because I'm like, okay, they got to eliminate three guys, like. No way this guy doesn't get eliminated in the near fall. So it was just done super well. I just realized his name, Mr. Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's old school, baby. That's old school. Well, tell me your thoughts. Sorry, change it up a little good. bit. You're you know? still a nice guy to me. Um, always a nice guy. But uh, my thoughts are pretty much the same as all y'all. I mean, um, oh, I never really watched Jakara, but. Uh, I just like the authentic feel of it, like the smaller crowd, um, just not like overly produced or anything. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a long match, but it like got the job done. Pretty cool spots. Um, I just like to like see the evolution of Coda, like how much bigger he's gotten over the years. And Bryce on commentary was a nice surprise. I did not know that he did commentary for them, so that was cool. But uh, other than that, it was a cool match. Uh, that sequence was insane. Uh, never seen that before. But uh, yeah, that poison Rano off the top rope was just like. I think I literally jumped up when I you, when you, it happened. You yelled poison Rana. <laughs> I, pop, I popped. We're sitting there, yeah. and he just goes poison Rana. Like. <laughs> I popped hard for that. That's for sure. No, it was a solid match. That's a solid awesome. match. And Wave, I realize now that I was picking randomly, picking you last, gives you the unfortunate thing of not having much to say, so I apologize for that. No, 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 it's but, fine. But uh, please tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Let's go, no, Wave. I mean, everything everyone said, obviously, I feel the same, but um, the most, or the thing that stuck out the most to me was I, I felt like I was watching 
You know, like you get those matches every now and then that you feel like you're actually watching like a competitive bout, you know, and uh, a lot of like mainstream stuff now, there's always like some split seconds where someone's standing around waiting for the next spot or like you can just the, like the immersion goes off for a second. But this like they were moving so quick and hitting so many things that you're just like, damn, did he literally just dodge that like on purpose? Like you couldn't even tell it felt like a real fight like they were just like jumping over each other like avoiding moves hitting moves but outside the spots you guys mentioned there was one i think it was when generico he he ran and did the i can't i can't forgive me like i can't remember what he used to call it but he did the haluva kick someone in the corner oh, the yakuza kick yakuza okay it. yeah yeah and then uh bro then he he did the exploder after that takoda and that's the sequence dumped, baby he dumped that boy right on his head <laughs> And neck and everything in there, like oh man! And then the Coda hit, or I think it was Coda, maybe it was Generico. Somebody hit a double, the double moon salt off the that top was a, rope. Ibushi. It was a boot, yeah, of course. Um, but that it's just like the athleticism was off the chart, mm. and it's cool because it was such a small. Like I, I can't say I've ever watched Takara outside of that. Maybe I've seen highlights. Um, but yeah, it just felt like this. It felt like it just an underground fight between four guys who were actually fighting for something um i mean nick jackson he had a whole sequence where he was running around jumping over the top rope Nerico did that um backflip like uh fallsbury flop over the top rope oh my god man it's just everything was off the chain like, i love it, his it was, uh hit the ddt he does through the through the corner yeah then, oh, he, runs, oh, then he runs around and does the ddt bro. like all just the classic spots and uh but just like so well executed, there was not a second where I would, you're not, there's no like breaks in it, you know? There was no like rest holds. There was no nothing. Definitely like no down spots. They were just bugging. Like spot after yeah, spot. Yeah, they were just going for it. But yeah, and the finish, exactly. Like he hit that so hard. Mm. Like I, you know, you watch some guys do the Phoenix and you're like, yeah, you know, it just looks like a, you know, they don't body. hit it at all. <laughs> they don't hit it at all. You know, it looks like some cross body, but he looks like he flattened Jigsaw. Oh yeah, his knee literally landed like one on his yeah. chest and one. And on he his does face. it so fast. He he flips so like you could just tell the speed. It looks devastating. Yeah, I mean the match is so crazy when you consider it's like it's the weirdest part of weirdest is the wrong word the craziest part about the match is that it's a technically a throwaway match it has nothing to do with the actual tournament at the event it's just literally like the i think it's day two of the tournament where they just need to f essentially fill time with matches so they just had like four guys who were in the tournament on teams like all right here have a match and yet got such a crazy reaction it was so insane that when the first fall happened i for about two seconds forgot that it was an elimination match like I legitimately forgot and I was like, oh wow, like that, like they made it the, cause usually in these elimination matches, like there's always one or two people kind of gets like thrown, like they get their moments, but they kind of get pieced out. You understand that the story arc is still going to be centered around like two people. But in this situation, it was like, they fought hard for most of the match. And then it was kind of, I mean, if I, if I had to pick a downside, it was like once the first finish happened, the other two kind of happened pretty quickly afterwards. Also big. Big fan of uh, Jigsaw's finisher, the gin and ton the jig and tonic. The jig and tonic. <laughs> also crazy, like I always thought Coda had like really smooth snap Germans, but like ten years ago, holy shit, they were even smoother and faster. Like they're just so beautiful. Well, he was trying. Yeah, to kill I mean, them, he's so. always trying to kill himself or someone in the process. So, 
I forgot too how good um more bang for your buck looks when Nick hit that shit. I was like, oh, that looked <laughs> like it got me, dude. He jumped off and just face planted that guy. That was light heavyweight <laughs> or junior heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Nick Jackson. Junior heavyweight Nick Jackson. Free facial hair. He's got the best facial hair in the business. This actually brings a topic to my to my mind, if you boys don't mind. Go ahead. By all means. Let's talk about short matches that are phenomenal. And I want to know what pops into your head when you think about short matches, you know, 15, around 15 minutes and under. My first thought is always the, to be politically correct here, Generation Me, that's the Young Bucks for those who don't know. Um, Generation yeah, yeah. Young Generation Me versus the Motor City Machine Guns. In a, they had a few TNA matches that I believe were probably all under ten minute ten minutes after bell time or after the bell ring. And like my God, that match was on a hundred from beginning to end. Now, do you guys well, tell me what match you know of that's short that? sticks out that is amazing that is uh you know under 15 minutes and do you guys prefer a short match with everything being back-to-back awesome or just a long drawn-out story with a good finish uh i can't honestly say off the top of my head what sticks out to me i feel like i just can't pull my memories like that but um I don't know. It depends on the story, really. I don't mind the quick, like, 10 to 15 minute match of crazy action, but, you know. The ones I think of, just thinking of, like, matches like, like Raw that always stood out, uh, Riddle versus Sheamus, like, recently, always had, like, 10, 15 minute matches on Raw, and they were incredible. Um, so I almost feel like sometimes when you have a match, especially if it's in a mainstream promotion like WWE on Raw or SmackDown, um, the matches that are shorter are going to be better because these guys want to fill as much spot. Like, it's like New Day matches with the Usos, even when they were on pre-shows, were always bangers because they knew they had stuff to do and they were going to do it no matter what. So it's just kind of spot after spot after spot. Um, and then when you have really long matches, especially in WWE, they kind of drag. Um, you know, you look at like Owens and Reigns at Royal Rumble, just kind of went on a little too long. Um, so when you have these like, you know, banger matches where guys just are looking to get over, you get a lot more out of it, I think. There is one match that you may not believe is 15 minutes or under 15 minutes. I think it's like exactly 15 minutes and it's probably one of the best matches under that time frame, but I'll tell you after everyone else goes. Why do you look like you were about to say something? Uh, I have With JP, excuse me. I appreciate that. I had a couple that came to mind. I was looking them up to be sure that I was right. The t- two that came to mind immediately. First one is obviously Goldberg versus Brock. No, I'm just kidding. Don't don't do that, bro. Uh, I do like the Survivor Series rematch. So I'm not gonna front. Uh, <laughs> they do it. No, to, but, but for real. Uh, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, oh, yeah. oh, SummerSlam yeah. 2002. I remember that being quick, and it and it was. And also, um, which. Uh, oh, hold on. No, let me. I just wanted to get the exact time here. At and this, I know Slim's gonna enjoy this. At clocking in at around eight minutes, Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. Oh my goodness! <laughs> because even though it wasn't like it, it was the 
ideology of what was happening that was crazy. Good the God! Fact, the, the booking of that, it was like, I don't think anyone really expected Brock to be threat, but when the match starts with Samoa Joe putting Brock through the announce table, and there's like a small, small thing in my mind that goes, they're not pulling the trigger on Joe now. Like, are they? At this dumbass Great Balls of Fire <laughs> event? <laughs> so it's can, like, can I say the line real quick? Go ahead, say the line. There's nothing tougher than, hey, you look at me when I'm talking to you, or we could settle this right now. Oh, my goodness. Is that when he had Heyman in the corner? No, that was no, yes. no, that was no, no, no. He was, he, oh. It was a bunch of people in the ring, and he was talking He was like talking to Brock, and he was like talking about how Paul Heyman's talking for him and all that stuff. And then when he was talking to Brock, Brock looked away. And mid-sentence, Joe was already talking. He stopped what he was saying and said, hey, you better look at me when I'm talking to you, or we can straighten this out right now. Boy! Oh! My God! I don't... I don't remember what he said. As bad as Joe uh, may have been like ahead, booked in terms of like that match, leading up to it and some of the stuff he was in like during those years, he was one of the just fucking phenomenal. Like with Sammy and like the he started you're gonna get these hands. Like you heard him say that, like off mic. Like Joe had some of the best like segments. Maybe not the best matches because he always got to had to lose, but my god, that man was booked brilliantly for a little while. Wendy! Oh my god. So also while I was looking up my matches for the time, I ended up coming across like a short little or someone like made a like a small list. Most of these matches I don't care for. But ones that I didn't realize were these are actually under 10 minutes. Uh Alistair Black versus Cien Almas from TakeOver Orlando. Beautiful. And another one that um that wait. Oh, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm from TakeOver Cardiff. That's cool. I didn't know that either. But the one I was going to point out, um, because I've seen it and I fucking love this match, Will Ospreay for, and Riddle from Progress 39, which is oh, Riddle's goodness. debut. I about that. <sighs> my goodness. That's a fucking... That's a, that's a match. Under 10 minutes. It does not... Going back to what that uh, Rain Mysterio versus Kurt Angle match, uh, I remember... I f- forgot how long ago, but he said that that was probably like the longest, like the beginning of the match. It was probably like the longest spot that he's ever did. Cause like go back and watch that. The beginning of the match, they're nonstop, nonstop action. They're going back and forth for like a straight, like 90 seconds. Yeah, I wonder what and the... if you think about it in like wrestling terms, like especially how quick, like Ray Mysterio was moving, it's a lot of work. Oh, that's why I was in my mind. I was like, what the hell would be the reasoning for him to go for them to go so crazy? It was Ray Mysterio's pay-per-view debut. So they needed to show off that boy as a cruiserweight. No, it makes a lot of sense. He, he was moving fast. The um, also that was that that match opens the show. Sure does. Like what the fuck do you do? It's like a opening match. It goes less than ten minutes and it's just fast. Uh, Andrew, anything come to your mind? <clears throat> I was thinking. Uh, I looked it up. It was. It felt quicker when I was first watched it but it was Ray Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero WrestleMania 21 it's about 13 minutes but watching it it was like it felt quicker than that but well I said banger. 15 minutes or under so you're still okay it's that one's such a good one because they were tag champions right yeah and that will lead into the uh that SummerSlam match, that summer right? <laughs> yeah. that summer we'll have um Child <laughs> adoption on, in a in a case that match ended on like just a hurricanrana right. Sorry if you said that. I take that off for a second. Yeah, 
was, yeah, for a, into, into yeah, a that pin. was a good match. That was a good opener. I uh, I thought I wanted to throw in there WrestleMania twenty eight. Seamus versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's what I, mean, I was going to say. I was like, not really yeah. a great match, but just but if you think about in it, my mind. There's a lot of historical ra- <laughs> implications. It, no, it, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the Arambe of, um, of wrestling, if you think about it. Oh my God. It told a good story. It, it, it was like the, the breaking point of uh, AJ Lee and made, Daniel Bryan's Daniel relationship. Bryan it led to the no. Yeah. And also that extreme rules match. I was gonna was, uh, was incredible. They just. I was actually gonna say before Juan brought it up, or uh, I was gonna say any of. I feel like a lot of Alistair's max, matches in NXT, a decent amount of them were short. I was really gonna say any of his <laughs> NXT matches. We'll mention that goes twenty-seven seconds over the fifteen-minute mark, and. I always forget exactly how short this match is because of how fucking phenomenal it is. And boys, I'm talking and, and coming in at a hot Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, rating of, where is it? You looked it up? Oh, yeah. I wanted to be like you, you know? <laughs> okay. Don't offend the man. <laughs> He's like, you looked it up? Oh, I'm sorry, Juan. Please, please don't be mad at me. Are you doing my job? Coming in at a solid four... And three quarter stars is Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate from Takeover Chicago. So good. Good lord. Them boys was fighting. What a match. 27 seconds over 15 minutes. That is also their combined age. Wait, what? Yeah, obviously not. I was like, I was like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> not that far off though. That match was oh my goodness. The crowd the fact that these two UK people are putting on to the point where the crowd is chanting UK. Like you're chanting for a whole nation <laughs> of people. Not only the nation, the ops. Like, like <laughs> Shout for the ops. Like you out here, we're forgetting. We ain't even worried about no set tripping or nothing. You chanting for the whole nation. Chanting for them because of how well... Of, a, of how great of a performance that these two young men put on on that card. My goodness. Nobody wins the belt? Yeah, that's when Dunn won the title. <sighs> and oh my God, the camera work when their face, when their head, for, the forehead to forehead coming up and the camera's right, bro, the standing ovations during that match. Like, you can just tell such a great. Great story and a little amount of time, and that match will go down as one of the like if it'd be the best UK title match if Walter and Dragonov and Walter and Bate didn't exist. You basically just said, "Yeah, it'd be the best match if other <laughs> matches didn't happen." <laughs> no, no specific matches, only those matches. Though, just those two. Saying. That's right. It isn't. Yeah, it's, just yeah. Both both Dragonovs and the. And the WWE uh, NXT UK of Walter and and Bate. Without oh, those three, I was just going to bring that, that up. The other one was the best one. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say you want to talk about long matches, Walter oh versus Ilya. Um, since we're talking about NXT, did anybody see the card for New Year's Evil? I'm kind of intrigued. I'm 
I'm not mad at the day one card. I'm be I'm honest. Not, they both that day one card that is day stacked. One card is stacked. Deal, they got Imperium with Walter versus MSK with Riddle. With six men. That's just gonna that's oh, gonna yeah. be good. And even they got AJ down there. I mean, first of all, Dylan, you don't need to say Imperium with Walter. Well, they've been going. That's his. Yeah, group, but like bro. he hasn't really all been right? there, and now he's like really. And now he's like really thin. He's the ring he's gender. Like real fucking jacked. He's going to go in there and just beat some ass. So It's it's that Ginny love. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about Jesus to say. <laughs> little gin and juice, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> no, th- this could be but a good thing. The thing weekend. that I saw today. Yeah, but I don't think AJ's actually wrestling on that show because I thought he was too. And then I saw the graphic for it and it says AJ confronts Grayson, Grayson Waller. Waller. So I, I thought... He was going to come in and put him over, which would be dope. uh, I know I I see like different different opinions on Grayson Waller online. And I feel like out of all the guys in NXT 2.0, other than Braun Breaker, like he's a guy I could see like if they gave him a shot, like at the main roster, like Waller could go. I mean, like he got heat. He kind of gets the character work. He's not bad in the ring. Like I feel like the the like what 2.0 is supposed to do. He's kind of like accomplishing what they set out to do. As an Italian African American Dylan, you better not ever right. disrespect no, Tony, Tony D, D like is that. Incredible. Ever, but like I'm saying, like right? if tomorrow they had to pick two guys to throw onto the main roster to replace two current people, I'd put Tony D before Grayson I mean, Waller. I don't know if the main roster would appreciate him the same way though. What's the problem? Forget about it. <laughs> I mean, he makes them respect him. You know, he's got a family connection, but. But no, I agree with Dylan. I think if I, I don't really see anybody in NXT besides Braun that could take the next step really right now. Because sometimes, like, I'll check the highlights and I'll see like Braun Breaker cutting promos and stuff, and it's like yeah, you could talk. He's winning. People made a good. Yeah, he's absolutely. Title. But uh, people down. made a good comparison when um. Cross and Cole were in the ring, and Cole like just fucking destroyed him verbally. Obliterated yeah. him. And then they made the, like and how Cross just stood there, and then they made this comparison to Tommaso like talking, just destroying Braun, and then he just like grabbed him and pressed him over his head, and like <laughs> was just like, "Shut up, bro." <laughs> yeah, I'm Braun Breaker. Not Braun. I mean, that's how it should go down most of the time, you know. Someone getting yeah. in your face talking smack, and you should, dude, oh, actually, you know, on the on the topic of Cross, I saw something. Uh, he did an interview, and he was talking about that Jeff Hardy shit. And I read about that. You saw that, bro? That's mm-hmm. dirty. They cut it down from ten minutes seconds. to ninety seconds in the ring. The ref told him in the ring. That's not yeah. cool, man. How are you supposed to make do out of that? That's pretty much just like they lock up, and he's like, "Hey, fucking swant on me, it's over." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened literally yeah, i'm booking my flight in my mind right now just want on me and me now yeah yeah no he said that he was just like the whole thing felt wrong the whole time like nothing felt right for a guy like that like you're supposed to just let him go and i'm not even saying that as like a big cross fan but you look at the guy and you're like i don't really think he should be losing that I easily that, like um what he said about the uh the triple h like like him and Scarlett were both saying that Triple H kind of helped them like create that entrance they had in NXT. Like, imagine how much different that. I mean, that entrance was badass. So, like, I mean, I feel like either way it would have been cool. But like, just like different. what a the ideas that he gave them to make it like stand out so much, and they didn't even use it on or, Raw, which was such a or, lost cause. But whatever. Or Triple H, honestly, you know, honestly, he got shafted so hard in this whole. It's thing. so much work to get these guys and. 
The black and gold day, the black and gold NXT was like nothing else. Honestly, what a time like, to be alive! But uh, I'm talking pre USA Network, pre like WWE Even, yeah, Network yeah, NXT yeah. was. I mean, I yeah, they tried to hold on to it during that whole TV. But yeah, man, like that those takeovers were dirty. Oh, they were always nasty. Every match too, like takeovers were better than the main cards usually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Um, I saw Tony Khan say he's got uh, one more surprise left for twenty twenty one. I mean Gargano. Bray. I don't low key. I don't. Um, wa- it would it has it has to be tonight. Low key, right? I don't want him in. Uh, I don't. I don't really see him. In yeah, I don't want to see Gargano in. in, in yeah, in, in, in. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that boy needs a break. I think it was Meltzer that said something like uh, they're going to be in Cleveland at the end of January, and you can see like that being his. Yeah, I mean, I still think Gargano is kind of like I would say, just based on interviews and stuff and just gut feeling, I think he's likely to stay in WWE. But if you went to AEW, I wouldn't be mad. Obviously, I mean, great matches. But I'm also afraid that there's so much going on with that roster right now that like, unless you're like, a, like unless you're Bray Wyatt, like it's kind of getting hard to really going to show up there and like stand out. You got to be like a like just a a presence. I really miss Bray. He could be the surprise if it's... Yeah, I mean, I would Tony love Hans it to be Bray. That would be incredible. Or it could be Brody someone King, like... Yeah. I know Brody King signed. Oh, That's probably yeah. more likely. Briscoes? Briscoes, yeah. They kind of... Bro, when the lights went out Briscoes, after that yep. FTR match and it wasn't them... Oh, my God. So <laughs> Yo, can somebody clarify real quick for me? Is Brody King in God's Yeah, he's hate? the vocalist. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he is? Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't know because he always wears a fucking yeah. ski mask on stage. Uh, I, kept forget- I kept forgetting to look it up, and, I- and I'm like, I see him posting shit all animal. the time. Like, is he just a fan? <laughs> That's why it was so wild when I saw Rocky Romero wearing a God's Hate hoodie. I was like, <laughs> I was like, That's what wild. the hell is going on just here? The bands cool. that AEW can make with the people on the roster. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just don't let, don't, don't let Chris Jericho in it, but everyone else... Dude, God's hate is wild. They're so wild. <laughs> God's hate is wild. Yeah. With a name like Honestly, that, you have to. Be. You know, you guys know how much I'm into that kind of shit, and even I like have to turn it it's off. Just <laughs> 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 it's just wild. It's just rowdy. Fucking this. <laughs> it's just fucking. I feel like I'm getting my head squashed in when I listen to it. Speaking of um, tough moments, 37 years ago today, Mr. David Schultz slapped John Stolzel backstage at MSG. If I don't know if any of you ever seen that, it's the one where the interview asks him, tells him what he does is fake, and he slaps the dog shit out of this reporter. And he's Boy, like, oh, that, that man, guy. Oh that dark side of the goodness. ring made me so mad. And he slapped that man like he owed him yeah. red, bro. He's oh, a, my see God. That? That's an open-hand slap. Was that <laughs> fake, huh? Slap again. <laughs> Dude, I, I just started reading Moxley's book, and in like the prologue, he says like he says a bunch of stuff, and then he's like, you know, but at the end of the day, I just you know, it's all fake. And then the line after that is like, I'm the only one who's allowed to say that, like, or something like that. And he's like, don't make it said like, don't make me stab you. <laughs> like I'm not, only we can say it's fake. Like you don't get to say it's fake. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Don't ever, yeah. don't ever. Especially, especially like I mean, now it's a problem. Forty years ago, you tell oh, those God. motherfuckers it's fake. <laughs> when kayfabe was alive, none of it's fake though. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, it's trying like, to explain to someone how it's not fake, but then they don't. It's just ugh. in the words, in the words of the great 
Austin Prince. How can it be fake, fake if it's real? If it's real. Also, shout out Austin getting engaged. Uh, big love to that. Oh, absolutely, good friend Austin. Also, I really thought you were going to say in the great words, in the words of the great Kali. What is going on? No, it's not. Even, it's like that, but it's the it's the Instagram videos, yeah, oh, man. I, I love, love it. Oh, yeah, we got quality content. That's got to be a segment. <laughs> oh right, that's right. Oh yeah, quality content. Kali oh. watch. So another thing, did you see this Meltzer th- thing about uh, Punk and Orton? Yes, I was reading all about that last night. I couldn't stop. So I'll, I'll, I'll read it. So someone tweeted out, I'm the biggest CM Punk fan ever. Sorry, let me give him credit. Swaggy CTV. Um, the biggest <laughs> i'm the biggest cm punk fan ever if you have him over randy orton all time you need to be drug tested immediately so i'll, I'll Wait, let that run that back what who said that uh Meltzer said that? no swaggy c what i'm gonna read is Meltzer's response to it um, bro his first response was i was like come on bro you ain't have to go there it, um <sighs> well okay well we'll talk about it. so his response Wait. was oh sorry you want me to read the tweet again yeah yeah so he was saying he said if you like punk more than Orton, basically what he's trying to say is like if you're trying to put punk over Orton on like best all time, that like you're crazy, that you need to be drug tested. Like he's saying that that's wild to put punk over Orton on an all time list. And punk, uh, punk, and Meltzer responded if you remove both from wrestling and they never appeared with Orton wrestling, would with Orton wrestling, would with Orton, oh my God, I just realized he has a typo. <laughs> Jesus, Meltzer. Okay. If you remove both from wrestling and they never appeared, with Orton, wrestling would not change one iota. With Punk, it changes drastically. A point to ponder when you bring up drug testing. <laughs> now, I don't know if Punk is more important to wrestling, but I think it'd be weird to say that wrestling would kind of carry the same without Orton ever appearing. You don't think Orton's influential to wrestling? Dude, you- I think... If you're talking about the pure soul of wrestling, it's Randy Orton. I think Juan, what Juan just said, what JP just said, I gotta get that together. Um, oh man, I just lost it. Hold on. That's karma. That's karma. Um, if you remove both of them, I... Uh, I lost it. Come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just jump in here. Uh, I was going to say, given any opportunity to do so, I will gladly. Um, I think you got to you gotta look at it in terms of like, yeah, obviously, like, but I think what this person said, first of all, was like on an all-time list. He didn't say who's more influential because like there's a lot of influential wrestlers who aren't great. Like I'm trying to think that you could probably go well, through history and pick like, oh, Hulk The Hogan. actual point of the post, Dylan, is um, they were talking about first ballot Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, then again, but in what in what Hall of Fame, though? In WWE Hall of Fame? I have to imagine this guy's probably... Because you got to figure what they're... How many, how many followers does he have? To, because, again, <laughs> in terms question. of, like, again, like what Matt said, like, when you think of wrestling as a sports entertainment, Randy Orton is, again, like JBL always said, if you made a sports entertainer from the ground up, it's Randy Orton. But, again, in terms of influence, CM Punk definitely shifted the landscape more than probably anybody since Austin in the 90s. So 
I think it might have something. I think CM Punk is more influential to professional wrestling. Randy Orton is more more influential to sports entertainment. I could agree that, yeah. Now, not... <laughs> That's a totally different I'm gonna like, preface, statement, though. I'm going to preface this with all with respectfully oh. swaggy sees bio on twitter oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is secure the swag i'm kind of a big deal kind of not day trader entrepreneur superstar in his prime not financial advice just my opinion he's a financial guru how many all followers right. 64k okay whoa <laughs> How many of the bots? Assuming, like 64 yeah. of them. It's <laughs> not, not bad. How many are bots? Well, all right, 64. all right. So take him out of it, though. Like, if I said that, how would you guys feel? Oh, I would just agree with you. I'd be like, yeah, that's, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no question. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got a point. Like, all right, wave. Well, but still, if you're making a list of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and you have to look at the entire span of someone's career. Not only just in accomplishments, but in longevity. I don't know, like it's Orton, bro. Yeah, it's Orton for me. It's Orton. Obviously, Punk's done a, a ton of stuff, but it's just you know, I, I don't know. It's just Orton. Punk's it's always going to be, and like I'm sure, like not anything against his own, but like he's always going to kind of have the underground thing to him. He's still, even when he was WWE champion, he's like in, he's you know from the Indies and stuff. Randy Orton is like. The name like he's the guy he's like the headline anywhere he goes so you know i feel like just that that kind of puts him a little level above i love punk obviously so not to yeah not to go there but there is a seven year gap on the resume of cm punk and in those seven years randy Orton was working he was putting out bangers he did have the greatest match ever not to mention not to mention cm punk's Two biggest moments are the pipe bomb and leaving WWE. Yeah. I get the I get the influence, of course. But if you're talking about the greats of all time, it's Orton. Yeah, I, I don't well, even I think, think it's the, close. The problem here is that Honestly. the guy is pro- definitely referring about WWE, but when Meltzer responded, he's talking about wrestling as a whole. Yeah, and he's basically saying like if you remove both from wrestling as a whole, um, like because Randy Orton's Randy Orton basically has zero. Hmm, it's gonna be the wrong thing to say. Randy Orton does not have as much influence over the grand scheme of all wrestling as he does as WWE. Do you see him punk and? CM Punk being the opposite. He has almost like less of an effect in WWE than he has in the rest of wrestling. There is more wrestling that exists than just WWE. So if you're doing that type of math, which is what I think Meltzer is kind of forcing into the conversation, even if the guy wasn't trying to do that, then he would sort of be correct. If you remove them both ever, WWE loses one of its biggest stars in history. Wrestling loses one of its most influential people because the conversation is not about work rate wrestler it's about just the overall career and its impact at least that's what Meltzer turned the conversation into yeah this guy's probably just talking about the WWE Hall of Fame it could be but it almost like it's almost like like I could agree with just that statement but it's almost irrelevant to the original statement you know what I mean like if he just someone just said offhand like CM Punk did more influential stuff for the world of wrestling than Randy Orton I'd be like yeah you know, but that's like doesn't even relate to the question. 
if you were making a list, or you know, Orton's still above Punk. Yeah, I look at it in a way of like everyone who knows who CM Punk is knows who Randy Orton is. They should at least. Everyone, they do. If they say they don't, they're lying. Everyone, know, everyone who knows Randy or Randy Orton, I can guarantee don't know who CM Punk is. Yeah, I mean, it's all subjective at the end of the day, just based on what you like. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like Punk's biggest moments were the pipe bomb and leaving. But I mean, this will be interesting to look back at in you know, say another seven years, see what he does in AEW, see what Randy Orton does, and you'll you know. I mean, I guess that'll not that the answer's probably going to change because again, I I just don't see Punk as doing anything right now in his career that's going to really like be something so huge and monumental that it will. But again, who knows? They still got time left in their career, so. Yeah, I mean, I might. This might be a little out of pocket, but I would almost—I don't know. Like, I almost feel like Orton's gonna outlast Punk's return, even. Like he's just gonna I mean, keep Orton's going. In, like, well, how old is Orton now? He's, he's in fantastic yeah. shape. He's doing but some of his. He's, he's, he's I don't, still younger you know? than him, and he's killing it right now with with Riddle. I mean, he's just—he's yeah. a guy who, for a while, had a problem with being interesting. Um. Like, you know, that 2009 to like maybe 2012 span, he was kind of just floating around. But he's like been really good at reinventing himself since then. Like, he's. Yo, Psychotic Orton is top tier, and I don't give a fuck what nobody oh, says. Absolutely. Psychotic Orton bought. Slithering bro, around. Stop, bro. Skin, skin crawling Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, like, little shiny Orton, bro. Punting people. Me bro, stop. We will never, like, we're never going to get something like that again. Like, at least for a while like that was like i remember watching that shit like you know still being a young little mark and like i can't believe he's doing that like yo he was insane yo, all right on this topic how many how many wrestlers off the top of your head can you name that have a finisher that they only tease and people bug out you know, like when he sets up for the punt, everyone's like, oh, or even the RKO. Oh, like, shit. He is, the, he, the, the is he going to do riddle it? <laughs> when he teased the RKO to riddle, everyone was like, oh, like, and he was just kidding. We ain't, we, we ain't about to disrespect the sweet chip music like that. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, he doesn't even ha how many wrestlers ha like will set up for a move and never actually hit it, but people actually like open their the eyes, for, uh, open their eyes for, for a second. They're like, um, yeah, that's another. Yeah, one. I'd say that. Back in the day, definitely The Rock when he would do like his little squat oh, yeah. down <laughs> for the rock bottom. Yeah, they they went crazy for that. Um, but but like he music. would, but he would do that. You know what I mean? I'm saying like, how many people? Orton doesn't punt that many people. How many people have a move that's that threatening that he doesn't even have to do it? All he has to do is threaten to do it, and people will like. like freak I think out. the stomp had that effect for a while, just because it was banned. So when he would like hit the like the, the he wouldn't really tease it, but you'd see the person in position, be like, "Oh, shit, is he gonna do it?" Um, and then when he finally did do it, that was crazy. But I think it's a little different because it was banned. I'd love to see Kevin Owens do a package pile driver. Yo, for real. He better. Maybe that, I hope that was part of his. I want to give deal. respect to the sweet chin music though, because <laughs> you gotta let me. Use I get five <laughs> package pile drivers a year. When Bret Hart returned, <laughs> and him and Sean hugged it out. There was a part of me that every time they kind of stood next to each other, and Sean was a fair distance away, I'm like, he's gonna kick him. 
Like he's gonna fucking kick him. This is all a work. Like, so you know, you know what's great should've. about Sweet Chin music though is that he would do it. That's right, Juan. He did. He didn't need to no, set up. Just like, like a, he would like just a few do feet it. Feet away, and he it could just, just like happen. Turn around and smile and clock somebody. You could tune up the band in the corner, or you can just catch you. All right, real quick, while we're on the topic of Shawn Michaels, I want to talk to you guys about something that. that well, you guys have that, an hour. No, no, hour no, 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 hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. This was a conversation that me and Juan had uh, amongst ourselves. We were talking about Shawn Michaels coming out in Montreal years after the screw job. And the fact that those Canadians held on to those feelings for so long that my man went out there and said, oh, yeah, I'm about to go out there and I'm about to shit all over Canada and their hero. That man went out there like a gangster, bro. Oh, oh my goodness. If you haven't seen it, please just go watch it. You're forgetting a a tiny piece of context. Tell him. It was in the conversation of who was more relevant. Remember, I think that's what I was like. Who's still relevant? Yeah. I was like, "There's, I'm not even. I, I don't, I don't have a dog in that fight. That's you. You're ride or die for Sean. That's that's great. That, that's I'm not taking that away from you. I'm saying like, you're I with me by association, but go ahead. That's that's fair. I mean, I guess I do prefer Sean, but but the argument you have to say to anyone, it's like if even back then, let's not even say today. Let's say back then. Because back then they were at that point they were both for the most part you know Sean was towards the end of his career Brett's career was done. If Brett came out to the ring on a Raw in San Antonio Texas, it would be like, oh cool Brett's back. That's it. If Sean comes out in Montreal, probably now it's still like not nah, fuck this name. dude. Exactly. <laughs> that boy got heat like that. My son got heat like that. Stop playing with him. Like you can't. It, that ends the argument for me. It's like it's if 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 your argument is like, well, Brett was more relevant. It's like who? It, it, they always say you know it doesn't matter if it's a boo or a cheer as long as they're making noise. It's what's important. Who the fuck is still? Drawing that much heat in Canada, the stereotypical nice place, then Sean. The thing is, the heartbreak kids, the thing is, son. Stop playing. Brett can show in Canada and get a huge pop anywhere in Canada. When he comes to the US, mild pop. Sean goes anywhere in America, crazy pop. Goes to Canada, gets the same level of like, like cheers that Brett gets, but his booze. So he's getting it everywhere. Like he gets it all over Bro, the entire like- North America. I don't know if this is out of line, what I'm about to say. Yes, probably. <laughs> probably. They really treat Sean like he's Hitler in Canada, bro. Like, they really do. Okay, like, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> like, like, they really do. They, they, they really be acting like like he did something that bad. Like, like come on. Y'all, y'all need to get the fuck 20, over it. Like, first of all, like, you need to let it go. I mean, he did he did come out with, like, their flag. I mean, that was damn yeah, right. That was 1997, they baby. Were, they were being mean to him at that point. He had to lean into it. It's yeah. not quite Hitler status, but uh, anybody, if Brett did that and and with our flag, oh, he like, he would be like, Sean got it like that. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Jericho in Brazil. But... Oh, or fucking mm. Bradshaw in Germany. <laughs> that, that was, that's on brand, though. That, that, was was on brand, that made sense. That was, <laughs> that, was on, that was gimmick, but... Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> 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 depending, on, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Think, about it Juan, think about it, Juan. Of all the people in WWE who we said we'd want to see face Okada, who was our answer? 
Can you imagine the drop kicks? It'd be so funny. Yo, the drop <laughs> kicks. You drop kick city. The height. It's, the height. It's um like Orton versus Okada is still still like the number one dream match for me. Right now. It can you fucking you fucking imagine? First off, it's like even though obviously Okada is more of like the final boss god of wrestling, but when they book it, Randy Orton's only ever like a win, a feud win away from looking like a world champion again immediately, and it being like yeah, exactly. He's always like right there. It's so crazy. Oh my god, that dude! I could so literally, cool. I could literally picture Rainmaker set up into an RKO. Like oh he pulls my god! And grabs well, him. just think about the end. First of all, the slow entrance. You know. That bell rings, you are gonna feel that big fight feel. I need Orton to negotiate a new contract right now for one match to go to Japan. <laughs> oh my god, he's a smart guy too. You know, outside wild, of wrestling, almost the same height. Them drop kicks god. would be. It, oh my goodness, my Imagine goodness. Imagine it cut us two inches Imagine, shorter like, in Japan too. Like that's where they did it. Like just like how the crowd, like the, in a Wrestle Kingdom. My god. Legend killer. No, it's gotta be in the states. I gotta watch that I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something we fly yeah. to wherever you go it is. Japan. You, that's something you, we go to. That's a passport. That's that's you go wherever you need to. Like I, I would have to see that when it was, was like when we were in that group chat. It was like, "What's your dream getaway vacation?" And Slim just goes, "Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, baby." <laughs> in a group chat where only I like wrestling. That's right, <laughs> and that is the only other person who likes wrestling in the chat. Amazing, that's a fact. Well, let's do it. Let's just plan it. I would go that, right to Japan, hit Wrestle Kingdom, sit there for seven hours, and just do what I gotta do. Yeah, it's just a flight in a hotel. You just book it the same way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's sites that that like do like package deals for like events like this. Like they, you one price you get the hotel and the tickets to the event and all that. You shit. You don't even need to know <laughs> Japanese. Like you just show up, you follow the signs, and oh, yeah, you've the been venue. there. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had someone like translating, but as far as like just going somewhere, you could just go anywhere, and you don't need to even speak to anybody. They got McDonald's. <laughs> they do, we bro. Good. I had KFC there. <laughs> no shot. You just said they got McDonald's. Like, bro, come on. I had KFC <laughs> and that fine Japanese cuisine of TGI Fridays. TGI oh. <laughs> uh, Fridays. Dan, would you watch Raw this week? I saw highlights. Absolutely not. Yeah, so I saw the Randy Orton thing <laughs> on Reddit. That, that Randy Orton riddle thing. And someone on Reddit had me tear. They said, the mustache, the tat, the implication of violence followed by a hug. It's official. Randy Orton reminds me of my dad. And I fuck I fucking lost it. Uh, <laughs> you do have that crazy mustache. The implication right now, of violence. It's real. So at this point, boys, we've been talking for an hour and four minutes. I think it is about time we start wrapping it up, but I will present to you your homework, your match of the week, the match for you to watch. We're going to go back once again. I understand it's gonna be, you know, it's a lot of not a lot of variety here, but we're going back to 2005. Oh, I, Okay, I had to think about it. 2005. Talk to me. This is going to be a WWE-sponsored match, but oh. in the realm of ECW. Okay. Let's go! Yeah, going out going. to I... ECW One Night Stand. Yes. I want you guys to watch one of my favorite matches ever. Whew, just feel it, right? You feel it. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. <laughs> Extreme Rules Singles Match. Is there Let's anyone go! who hasn't watched it? 
I love watching the one night stands. I try to watch them like any reason I could get to watch them. Beautiful. I've done the liberty again of always finding these matches on YouTube. I'll send to you. I think I forgot to send the last one. So apologies for that. Oh, you did. I will send it to you. Oh, yeah. I did. I think I just sent it yesterday. I didn't send it to like last week. Yeah, I texted you because I because I forgot what match. <laughs> this it was, guy Cole texted me. He goes, "Hey, bro, I forgot to watch the match. You got like you know <laughs> what match is it?" <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I don't think I sent it. I'll send the link that way. It's a little bit easier for you guys. But yes, once again, Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome Extreme Rules Singles Match from ECW One Night Stand 2005 from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. It is going to be um, a good one. Make note of JBL. Yeah. <laughs> just make yeah. note of jbl in the match um and if i'm gonna try to find the dvd version of the match where they don't censor out jbl fucking yelling weird shit drunk racist shit yeah. jp you said this is one of your favorite matches yeah match. really like not top, top five, five but it's it's up there and I, I'll, I'll put it this way i've definitely gone back and watched that match more than five times it's a classic it's I'm hyped now. And it's quick, too. It's only like maybe this. like 10, 12 minutes. Banger. It should have been on the list that we Zero discussed God, earlier fuck. then. Probably a lot of ECW right, Otherwise, boys, any, any parting words? I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs>